I don't know. I don't like Waffle House. I'm sorry. I don't like Waffle House. I, it's. I know. I know. I just, <laughs> Tony's. I don't like Waffle House. I, I love. Like, there's nothing I can get the Waffle House that's not better at the diner downtown. Okay. You're wrong. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and this is episode 169 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. You could say this is just not a typical episode that we record, and you'd be correct, mainly because there's no real Georgia game to preview yet. The dogs face off against Texas in the Sugar Bowl on January 1st, and my co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, will join me to record a proper preview show for that game. But that'll come out on the 31st of this month. In the meantime, Tony, Will, and I, we're just catching up on all things post-SEC championship. We talk about Kirby Smart and his coaching and basically how he's done three seasons into the job. And there's a little bit of UJ basketball talk as well. We answer your Twitter questions. And yes, there's a discussion on Waffle House towards the end of this episode. And it's an important one. <laughs> it's a really a smattering of talk all in all. And we just go pretty long in this episode. So Maybe it's a two-day listen for you, or maybe not. You might just want to power all the way through it. But just wanted to give you a heads up nonetheless. So let's just jump on into it. Hope you enjoy episode 169. I officially will be at the National Championship game. My credentials and things all showed up. I will be at an Airbnb within walking distance of Santa Clara, which is really lame because no one in the world is ever going. Because like everyone else, basically just like the Super Bowl show, everyone will be still playing in San Francisco. But getting, you. getting home is a nightmare. Oh, it's, after it's a two-hour drive. Like I can like well, I'll just I'll just I might meet a friend uh, on Sunday when I get in in San Francisco and then just <clears throat> Uber get like an expensive Uber back. But like, uh, but otherwise, after the game's over, I'll just walk over to my Airbnb and go to bed. Yeah, which is always encouraging. I just hope it's not Alabama Clemson again. Yeah, that would literally be the third time I have seen Alabama Clemson <clears throat> National Championship game in person. I just hope it's not Alabama, Georgia next year for anything. I hope it is. I hope we put their ass. Yeah, we should need another Alabama, Georgia. Like, there's no, like, here's a good question. I don't know if we're starting or not. Might as well. But theoretically speaking, um, one of the things we talked about in the early days was how Georgia was going to have to beat Alabama. So yep. It has, to, it has to go through Alabama. If Georgia wins a national championship without beating Alabama, obviously we'll all be happy. Yeah, I'll bet. No, but they, uh, yeah. do you think. Nationally, there needs to be a. I think there will be some corner of. I mean, it's all narrative driven, right? I mean, that the Georgia Alabama, the Saban's assistants have never beat him in big right. games. Um, Georgia has lost two heartbreakers in Atlanta to Alabama in games they had in hand after you know the after, frankly, the 15 game, which was the start of the end for, not the start of the end, the, the beginning of the actual process of the end right. of Mark Richt. So will there be a thread running out there that, well, but they did beat Alabama. Yeah, sure. I think there will be. Now, that doesn't mean I won't celebrate and call UCF liars and things like that. But, yeah, I think there would be. So here's a conversation I want to have. Um, I think now's the time to have it because I think it. Hints of potential clouds on the horizon. I was at uh, the MLS Cup. Atlanta United. Yeah, man. Woohoo! Atlanta United. Um, there was friend, no curse. Our friend Tim Kelly went to the parade <clears throat> and had a great time at the parade. Saw uh, the pictures. Uh, the rain was very similar uh, that day to what it was for the Alabama-Georgia game. Both of the Alabama-Georgia games. But it was a blast. It was a great time. Uh, but I'm not here to talk about soccer. Did you go to the parade? Uh, I did not go to the parade. Okay. Um, uh, I'm not here to talk about soccer. Uh, there is a debate on whether or not this ends a theoretical curse. I. It is my belief that, like, 
just because you don't care about something doesn't mean that it didn't actually happen. But whatever. Uh, like, I'm, that's not what I'm here to discuss. In, I was in the press box before the game, and press box. I, uh, I did not sit in the press box during the game. Um, one of the great things about uh, having a press pass for something that you're not writing off officially that night. I wrote a piece for New York Magazine that's going up tomorrow about the MLS Cup, but I didn't have to write that night. So um, it gets you in the clubs. So so basically, I just like well, I, I set all my stuff in the box next to poor Dan Wolken, by the way, of USA yes. Today. I put my stuff next to him. He's like, hey, well, how's it going? I was like, cool. I will not see you until after the game, after I've been drinking for two hours, just so you know. <laughs> and uh, so I put my coat down and just went and just found the club and just went in the club, sat with the Lady United fans. Yeah, I saw your pictures and yeah. I was like. That looks a little bit like it could be yeah, like a club seat. Next to the Gullowig uh, Club. Okay. Not, like, not like the pro- like super, super club. I mean, like the, right, right. the clubs where like, you can get in, but not like not where Arthur Blank is watching the game. Right. Like you can get in. Yeah, like, I don't think they allow press within like 50 miles of that or they're shot. <laughs> but, um, I, but I went to like one of the clubs where you can like buy drinks and get food, but you're like away from like the teeming masses. If you theoretically have a press pass and want to watch the game and not as a fan and don't have a seat, that's the ideal thing to go to. Right. So I had a good time. I had a good time. <clears throat> but before the game, I was in the press box. And I ran into my old friend Terrence Moore, who I've talked about many times this podcast, Atlanta Journal Constitution, for years and years. Some people like Terrence Moore, some people don't like Terrence Moore. He, I will say that he's an absolute prince of a human being and one of my absolute favorite people. And I like to consider him kind of my unofficial authority on all things, uh, not so much Atlanta sports, but the way the press sees Atlanta sports. He is certainly the dean of people that have been covering Atlanta sports for a really, really long time. Some might say it's Jeff Schultz, some might say it's so on. I certainly think that he's been doing it for a very long time. And we were talking, first first off, we talked briefly about what this ended the curse and so on and so on. But then we went over something a lot more interesting, which was Kirby Smart. Hmm. And it is, I've mentioned on this podcast before that Kirby's, which he got from Saban, Kirby's, I don't like dealing with the press I don't like dealing with those guys. Assistant coaches don't talk. Freshmen don't talk. All that sort of stuff. Works if you're Nick Saban and you've won five championships. But, and works if you've, you're only in your third year and you've had these two awesome recruiting classes. Everyone's really excited about you and you're in the honeymoon period. It totally works. What doesn't work is if you make a mistake because you have no wiggle room. Like the greatest example, of course, this is Mark Richt. Now, listen, I'm not going to say Mark Richt is a better coach than Kirby Smart because so far it does not seem to be the case. However, Mark Rick bought himself three, four years because people liked him. People liked him. People liked working with him. People liked dealing with him. Maybe he shouldn't have gotten those extra three or four years. But and we're not talking about like what Georgia fans think of this. I'm saying is someone that has that job, being nice to the press, being open to the press, answering questions, being available, it's a pain. And if you're in a theoretically happen to be in a current culture where people have decided to blame the press for their own misgivings, um, the assuming missteps, not misgivings, um, that that's, can be a popular stance to take. And so far, it's been fine for Kirby because everything's gone awesome. And now we have the fake punt. And the fake punt, it's something that can be hung on him. And I, what I discovered that I did not exactly realize, and this is not just from Terrence, this is, we eventually gaggled, some Atlantic people gaggled because people always gaggle around Terrence more. And from what I understand talking to these people, talking to the Atlanta national crowd, people are waiting for Kirby to make a mistake. There people? Is, people that covers this, okay. this sport nationally. 
yeah. and nationally or people in the Atlanta area, people that are not Georgia press, people that are not Seth Emerson, people <clears> that are not, uh, I guess what it used to have been Jake Budd, whoever took over for Jake Budd, um, wh- whoever covers it. Mike Griffith. Yeah, the non-beat reporters, yeah. the non-beat reporters. Yeah. Uh, people that are, are covering Georgia from afar, but also either from a college aspect or from an Atlanta aspect. There is a sense that Kirby is difficult to deal with. Uh, uh, has disdain for the people, disdain for the press, and thinks he's smarter than everyone else in the room. Now, frankly, all three of those things may be true. <laughs> like, like I'm not, like I'm not coming here to say, like, well, Terrence Warren knows how to coach a football team better than Kirby Smart, and I'm not saying that like Kirby doesn't have every right to do that. But what I am saying is, when you do that, you the, when things aren't perfect and things aren't going great, and so far things are still going great. But if they turn, there is no wiggle room for you, and people will pounce. You saw a little bit of this even after season one, right? When, uh, Spencer Hall wrote that great piece about how when Kirby was mad about uh, wouldn't give the depth charts out at spring practice, and kind of had this idea that uh, and, and it was it was hesitant of having letting the press come and do anything. Uh, Spencer wrote this great piece, great piece saying like, yeah, you can you can do that if you're Nick Saban, but right now you're not Nick Saban. You're the guy that lost a home to Vanderbilt, and right now. No one's going to go after Kirby Smart because he's won the SEC East two consecutive years and clearly has done things that Mark Richter weren't able to do, wasn't able to do. However, this is not just a narrative idea. When right now the honeymoon period, I think not just for national fans, but I think even a little bit for Georgia fans. The, one of the discussions that we had was was this loss to Alabama worse than the national championship loss to Alabama? It is my opinion that it was not, just because. A, it was a national championship, and B, losing in the fashion that they did in the Georgia National Championship was particularly, like, that's just the worst possible way to lose. However, another argument could be made that no one could watch that national championship game and say, oh, there goes Georgia, georgia again. Like, nobody said that. If they said that, they were just looking for it. Like, no one could say, like, Georgia played their can off that game. They played them head-to-head. They very well could have won it. Just an incredible play was made by an incredible player. This game, however, you can tie it to it, right? You can say, here we go again. There's 12. There's getting that close and falling short. And that, so far, what Kirby's been able to avoid, he's been able to avoid that because he's the guy coming to fix all of that. He's the guy that's bringing Alabama. He's the guy that's bringing Saban. He's coming to fix all of that. And that narrative works until it doesn't. And I think that we'll see what happens next year. But right now, it is my belief that a national press corps and people in the Atlanta press are uh, no one was going to give him crap. No one gave him too much crap with the fake punt right. because I think he's done such great things. But now there's something. Now there's something. And if there's a setback, and frankly, setbacks happen all the time. Alabama has lost a game every year for how long? Like, like the, the great team loses games all the time. He's lost, I would argue, fairly or not. I think he's lost a little bit of uh, of, of grace. Period. Rope. Yeah, he's lost a little rope, and and that happens. It happens all the time. It happens to every coach. But I do think it's happened now. The first time you'll see that come out is say he swings and misses on a couple of big recruits this week. Yeah. And I mean, already Alabama has, I think, heads. Head and shoulders. This sure. Question the top class next year. Yeah, Georgia's still top five. Yeah, but like, but like second right now. Yeah, but Alabama. Oh, that's is, top five. But, but Alabama is up sure. here, and then there's like down further. It's like Georgia, LSU, Ohio State. These are teams you expect to see in there. But Alabama clearly this year has like Bill kind of had a good thing about this. Like it's 
Like they're number one, which is fine in Alabama. Yeah. Nothing wrong with this in Alabama. It's just that like right now the narrative has been this is the guy that's going to fix all this. And clearly there have been massive improvements. But there is no rope when it comes to this stuff. And, and sorry, I interrupted you. Go, go. No, I was just about to say, I think part of that also is that Mark Richt was such a nice guy. And there is still an element of, you hate to say people are rooting for Georgia to fail just because, oh, 10 wins isn't good enough. But there is an element of it makes for, it's far more interesting than another, look, Kirby failing is a more interesting story than Georgia winning a national championship and Kirby, beco- Kirby becoming what all of us hope. Now, I'm not saying— If he beats Alabama, the, uh, Kirby, like, I think there's still bigger sports and <clears throat> story in sports right now that if Kirby's smart and Georgia beats oh, Alabama— Oh, no, of course there is. But, but, like, I think of, that's, of course, that's but, the biggest story. But probably you know, the, 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 the thing I would—and you absolutely have access to those folks in a way that, I, that I, you, certainly Scott and I don't— um, I think the part about it that I would that I would most agree with is that um, you do get to bristle and you do get to dictate the tone when you are when you are the top dog. And Kirby's not the top dog yet. Now we certainly look the part. Yeah. I, you know, on the way over here, I was thinking, okay, we're going to talk about the season a little bit, and this might be a, a segue into that. I started out, and Scott called it on the recording. I was like, what if we play Alabama? I was like, well, we're going with our ass. Um, mm-hmm. That's the way I feel about Alabama now, and you could not have gotten me to have that kind of bravado in 15, mm-hmm. or 12, and certainly 15. Now, that bravado is based in how I've seen this team prepare, how I've seen this team perform against Alabama. And people say, well, just look at the scoreboard, and that's fine. That's not unfair. But I have also been around long enough to see Georgia play and be, frankly, outclassed athletically, outclassed coaching-wise, and outclassed really like psych, with their psyche mm-hmm. against Alabama a couple of times. And even in the 12 game, it felt like it was going that way until we got the block punt, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, right? You, yeah. you think that's right, Scott? Definitely. I mean, yeah. I, I you kinda... thought you were going to win it when Alec Ogletree? It, they even had the camera angle from the end zone. You yeah. could see him running towards you, and you, yeah. you're like, "This is it. That's right. the victory angle." Yeah, yeah, that's the victory. Exactly. Right. Uh, so, you know, I started off the season saying this is the final for Kirby. Right? Last mm-hmm. year, he he passed all those tests. The grade I would give pending the Sugar Bowl right now is a um, is a B. We had, I think we had a great season. I might even give them a B-plus just because they were peaking at the end. Right. Well, and, and that's kind of where I was going. We had a great season. We peaked at the right time. We all agreed that this, and I think no one can deny, this was a transition year in a way with what we lost last year. And on top of that, it, wouldn't, it was not hard-pressed to say Georgia playing the, the SEC championship game. I think, and I predicted Georgia will lose. I predicted Georgia will lose in August. I never in my wildest imagination would think we'd, we'd have a game plan to come out and put Alabama, Alabama in a hole the way we did. Now, having said all of that, I remain to say that the block punt, give or take, whatever, yeah, I, it, that, while it was like, what are we doing? The um, fake punt. The, I'm, so the fake punt, what are we doing? My problem begins and ends with our inability to adjust defensively when Hurts comes in. And then the comments after the game saying, we didn't even practice for that. I'm sorry. That's major points off. Yeah. I mean, because, look – like it or not, Nick Saban had a plan it, when, when, when Fields came in. Yeah. And probably had a plan for Matthew Downing. Yeah. That's the difference between Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, that they never even fathomed the possibility of Jalen Hurts, who had played every game this season, would come in the game at some point. 
And that is... Do you think the fact that Mel Tucker was interviewing for Colorado or dealing uh, with that had anything to do with it? I mean, it's a fair... It's not an I, unfair question. I don't know, man. It didn't seem to bother Alabama when Kirby Sprung was right. for the Georgia And that's, that's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> um, the, but here's the thing that I keep also reminding myself. Kirby's a third-year head coach. Yes, that has got to be remembered. Kirby is a third-year head coach. And people are like, well, Saban didn't do that third year at Alabama. No, he was a tenth-year head coach then. Yeah. He'd had a year at Toledo. He had four years at Michigan State. He had three NFL. years at LSU. He had a year in he the NFL. He had a national <laughs> championship. Yeah, they would have run his ass out if he'd made these mistakes as a third-year coach at the University of Alabama. You know why? They didn't hire a third-year coach. They hired a tenth-year coach that had a ring. Now, the thing I would say to Georgia fans, and this is this is this is where I'm probably going to get in trouble for the whole moral victory thing. Third-year coach is going to make those mistakes. And it, I'm I'm sorry. No matter what you say, well, he ought not be making those mistakes. Look, man, yeah. I'm 50. I still make mistakes in my job, and I'm really damn good at it, <laughs> yeah. right? I still make mistakes in my job. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Seth, Seth wrote about this, about if Kirby could do it over, not just with that, with not playing for Hurts, but the way he answered the question about the fake punt. Yep. Like, clearly, that was a mistake. Yep. To answer it that way, yep. to say uh, it was there if we'd have got it, it wasn't snapped in time. Like, the answer to that question is, I made the call. It didn't work. Yeah. It's on me. It's yeah, like, like the same answer he gave midseason when he's like, the plan is we have no yeah, plan. Yeah. yeah. Like, like the answer is, is my call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't work. It's on me. And that's, that's a young, that's a young coach, answer. right? That's right. a young coach because not only do you quell any follow-up questions, right. you're owning it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And listen, I, he may actually believe that or maybe not. I don't know what he believes, but like no matter what. The answer to that question is, I made the call, it didn't work, it's on me. You don't have to say it was a mistake. You yeah. don't have to say we should have done something. Literally, those three things in your set. And this is kind of goes back to what I'm talking about earlier. That's chum in the water, man. Yep. That's chum mm-hmm. in the water for people because it's a mistake. And as Seth wrote, I, I, and listen, Seth is as connected with Kirby Smart as any reporter there is. And for him to write in, his, in that piece... I bet if Kirby had to do it over again, he would do it. He would which not is, do it that way. Which is sounds almost, like something that Kirby told him. I'm about to say, yeah. almost like that is Kirby yeah. said that yeah. to him. Yeah. Um, so let's. I, I do want to transition from talking about the coaching to talking about the growth of um, growth of the team, the improvement of the team. We had our first ever um, Nagurski Award. Did I get it right? Bronco Nagurski. Yeah. 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 No, Jim Baker. Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. Thorpe Award. Okay, yeah. first of all, last year, last year was Rokon's first. Last year was Buckus. Buckus, okay, Rock whichever. So, but uh, Champ Bailey won the yeah. Nagurski Award. Okay. So we've well, had, we had the first Thorpe Award then. Yeah. Correct. It was okay. the first and Thorpe Rokon Award. And won the Buckus Award. Yes. Correct. Okay. So we, um, we did see significant improvements on defense. Obviously, losing Roquan Smith hurt a lot. If you look, I thought they did a good job replacing him, and considering that well, he was did. an all timer, they did. They did. I guess he's still awesome for the Bears. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, they had they held the Rams. Like the Bears had a pretty good defense this, last year, yeah. and now they have yes. like an amazing yeah. defense. Khalil Mack and him. It's almost as if Roquan Smith is amazing. It's like he's a really good football player. <laughs> it's almost like he's yeah. like a transcendent. He's talent. good at the footballs. So I want to tackle, and, and, and we we could spend a whole podcast on defense. I want to tackle offense. This is not going to be a popular sentiment to those of you listening. I'm about to praise Jim Chaney. <laughs> Guys, I, I don't see what you see. I just don't see what you see. And if you think Jim Chaney's the problem, we, we had the th- Have they forgotten Brian Schottheimer third- so quickly? Oh, my God. Stop, stop talking. <laughs> he was on TV last night struggling uh, to score. So, yeah, he said football back a lot. Look, we had a quarterback – who had a fantastic freshman season, have even better sophomore season. Um, he did it with fewer offensive tools than he had last year. He did it also with 
a cobbled together offensive line that was supposed to be down. Yeah, and had suffered injuries throughout the season. Yeah, that's why I say cobbled together, yeah. right? And they're all freshmen sophomores. <laughs> Every time I say that, I laugh. I mean, I know Gallier's not, but Jim Chaney can coach a little bit. Yeah. He can coach a little bit. And I, I think I read somewhere if he stays here after next year, it'll be the longest he's been in one place. Uh, so, or maybe maybe he was at Purdue a couple yeah. of years longer. But yeah. uh, offensive consultant, offensive consultant, Jim Chaney. We have a lot of reasons to be really excited. And 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 I know people are like, well, what about the goal line stuff? I remain convinced that's Kirby. That's Kirby's philosophy. Kirby is he's the one that talks about man ball and really imposing will and things like that. You just go back to the Florida game, guys, or maybe the Kentucky game, whichever one it was, where they had the they had the camera in the booth and on the, on the third down call. I mean, literally, you see, you see him throw his hands up in the air and look at Coley, and you can plainly lip read that he said, "What was that call? I didn't call that, right?" And people are like, "Okay, well, but Kirby freaked out." Well, you made the point. You you're never madder at anybody than yourself, <laughs> um, and it's altogether possible Kirby was losing it at at himself for. I mean, yeah, that's, I, I, I told you all the story about my wife. Locking the combination to our safe in the safe last night. You didn't tell the podcast listeners. Uh, so, yeah, last night at 11 o'clock, my wife on NyQuil decided to get into our safe to get a couple of things um, and then put the combination in and lock it. Uh, it was fine. We figured it out. So, okay. what, what, what is the combination? I don't now? remember now. Oh, okay. uh, and she, this, fortunately, we'll, we'll put it in yeah. it's 8675309. Um, and I was just frustrated because it, I can't fall asleep and something like that happens. I got to figure it out then. She was really hard on herself all day about it, right? But it's illustrative. So, you know, I... She was screaming into her headset. And she was screaming her headset and throwing her visor, and she turned purple. And, um, and the vein just popped vein out. Vein popped out, and uh, Scott, Scott uh, Sinclair... Why did she have a headset around <laughs> Scott Sinclair, Scott Sinclair came and grabbed her belt loop, which I don't understand. Um, so, you know, the, the thing as we head into the Sugar Bowl in year four that I think is probably... If, if I had a wish for Kirby is to um, lighten up a little bit, Francis. Um, and I, 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 this is not, this, I mean, it's interesting that you brought up that point, but something I've been thinking about, it's like, you know, just a little bit of the fun Kirby we saw first season yeah. is not, there's nothing wrong. There's yeah, not a little not bit a, of the guy wearing the leather helmet. Right. The there's not a correlation between that Kirby in the eight and five season, right? right? right. They're, they're, those two things are independent of one another. And I get it. I really do get it that you want to, it's a culture thing, right? You well, want to impose a culture. He's also under an ungodly amount of stress. I mean, this is a fan base that if he doesn't win the national championship in the next five years, they're going to run his ass out of town. I think that's, that's like, I think it's possible. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it's hundred percent. I certainly, I, I, I'll put it this way. I'm sure Kirby Smart feels that way. Like whether or not and maybe whether or not should. that's true, um, but I, I'm sure he does. I do. Well, Scott, what do you think about the season? I don't think that. Um, speaking of Will's national media uh, thought, I don't. I've, I've read. A, I haven't read as many articles as you have, and I haven't talked to Terrence Moore. Um, speak, lots of, I, I don't want to put this all on Terrence Moore. No, 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 no. Like he started the conversation, but then like sure. gaggled around. Was it was it walking too? Because I got to think. With no, walking, walking, walking was, <laughs> was just like, oh god, I have to deal with drunk leech at the end of the game. No, walking was fine. But my my opinion. You know he hates Georgia. Yeah, no, that's what I hear. Who Terrence? No, walking. Okay. So my opinion about it is I think that Georgia is prime for that redemption story. I don't see anybody pulling against Georgia like people would against Ohio State and Urban Meyer and oh, Florida tough, and Alabama. And it's a great comeback Auburn. story for them. You didn't hear? Who, Urban? Yeah, Ohio State. They see, I, don't, I, I believe maybe 
I don't a tenth of the I, sports writers would would write it that way. I don't I don't see any kind of redemption oh, story about, for him. I'm talking about Fox and ESPN. Yeah. My bad. No. Well, so I, I see Georgia as a redemption story. I think people next year. I don't think people are tired yet of Georgia. You know, on a national scale, that's just my opinion. I think that it'll be almost like how. I mean, how could you believe that Jalen Hurts would come back? And flip the script and everybody's talking about how that's going to be such a great narrative and a great story that writes itself, like like how you mentioned. And that's Alabama, and you're kind of rooting for it. So I don't see there's any – I do agree with you that Kirby is kind of maybe a detriment to his own self yeah, and how he's handling that. But, um, you know, I, of course, I'm way too close to the fire, so I can't see it. But uh, I might contract – I might – I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, think you're, I think there's something to it. I also would contrast uh, – counter with if Georgia would have gotten that fourth spot in the BCS they'd have burned the damn thing oh, the CF, the CF, oh yeah they'd have burned it down yeah like they'd have burned no it. you're right and, yeah for uh, this year definitely. and I don't think that's necessarily just because they're sick of Georgia but like there's not a lot of national sympathy really for anyone in the SEC right now no no they don't <laughs> want to see two right. go in and have the big 10 the pack the pack 12 and the big 12 all left out although I do oh, the pack 12 didn't belong in well no I'm just saying as a whole but you know the further I get away from it and the more objective I try to look at it, I do think Georgia belongs in it. Um, I think Georgia is better than Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a different thing than saying that they belong in it. Because, I don't know, going to Santa Clara and have listened to Imagine Dragons does not sound like <laughs> yeah. fun. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> Sorry, Will. You're not wrong, man. I will be out there. Last year it was 30 Seconds to Mars that was doing all the ESPN pieces. Imagine Dragons on. playing halftime. Oh, oh they are? Yeah. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar. Do you feel the thunder? Do you feel the thunder and the lightning and the thunder? Yes. There won't be a presidential visit this year, I'm sure. That's that's a difference. (laughs) Definitely not in Santa Clara. Not in California. (laughs) Um, So... But the other place where democracy is getting written up and getting destroyed is Silicon Valley. So Yeah. uh, That's the whole thing. Transitioning from that. Sure. um, There's been some coaching changes. Mm -hmm. Our our dear friend Fish Fry, Paul Johnson, is no longer going to coach at Georgia Tech, except for, I guess he's coaching the Detroit Motor City Bowl. The day after Christmas. Yeah, the day after Christmas. And they hired. like Bear Bryant in his last game, going out in the highest moment of glory. Yeah. What was it again? We can't make fun of Illinois in the Liberty Bowl. We can't make it. Yeah. So, was it Independence Bowl or Liberty Bowl? Liberty Bowl. Okay. Uh, George Tech has hired Geoff uh, Collins. He is from Conyers. Is is that how you pronounce it? Geoff. That's true. Yeah. I'm sure there's someone listening to our podcast that spells their name that way. So, um, change it because it's the same name as the Georgia Tech coach now. So, (laughs) what is it? What's the thing from Office Space? Why should I have to change it? He's the. He's the. He's the. Oh, Michael Bolton? Yeah. Uh, He's the one who sucks. He's the one that sucks. That's such a great movie. No talent. I remember the line. Um, He's the one that sucks. Um, So I find it interesting now that we have all the little brothers around. Dan Mullins taking pot shots at Georgia. Will Muschamp has not stopped taking pot shots at Georgia. And now... Uh, Gf Collins has it's going to be a thing I'm calling that. <laughs> I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Uh, he is now no he red, said no red, no red pins, no red pins, no nothing red at Georgia Tech, of course, until December uh, first. But I'm did sure. you see? Yeah. Uh, somebody pointed it out the other day because it showed him with an Atlanta United scarf, and somebody was like, "Dude, what happened to your no red thing?" And he was sitting, so, standing there with the um, Atlanta United. Yeah. So it is. Um, it is interesting to me. First off, he got a seven-year contract, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. That tells me everything I need to know about what George Tech thought about the talent level or what he thinks about the talent level. Or what he thinks about how he's going to have to completely recruit it entirely. Yeah. 
Well, that's yeah. yeah, you know, receivers and tight ends, and yeah, there's all kinds of positions that matter now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone asked me that. So, what does this mean for Georgia? I don't think it means anything for Georgia today. Does it mean possibly something for Georgia if they actually get competent at figuring out how to recruit to Atlanta? Sure. I mean, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech has that out there, but I would point you to their basketball program. In, in recruiting basketball and recruiting football are two very different animals, but the, the thing that everybody keeps saying is you should sell Atlanta as the hot urban area it is for young football players to be able to come and be in like the place for a, a, young, a young adult being a college athlete, right? I mean, no, you can go and say a young African-American kid in Atlanta is going to have a good time. Yeah, yeah, because believe me, that's what they sell at USC and UCLA. The thing that that gives me pause or hope, whichever one you, way you want to look at it, is that there's nothing I've seen out of Georgia Tech that makes me think they're going to be competent at doing anything other than taking pot shots at Georgia and feeling superior about their academics. Which is also overstated. It's extraordinary. I'm like, yes, everybody that goes to school there has to take calculus. That is the one difference. Everyone has to take calculus. Fine. Everybody has to take calculus. Um, (laughs) But that doesn't make it... It's also not Oxford um, or whatever that would be, the correlated Oxford. I'm sorry, Stanford. Yeah, there's actual places really, really good academically uh, and hard to get into. Oh, Duke and their own conference. I keep forgetting (laughs) about them. Uh, oh, Vanderbilt and the SEC. Yeah, uh, they're there too. Yeah. So, um, no, either way, no matter what happens, it's going to be a while. Like, they're, they're, they're going to have to be on the lovey plan because they're going to have to, like, clear out. Like, next year feels like they can win, like, one or two games because they're, they're changing everything. Yeah. Like, you knew this was going to happen whenever Johnson left. They were going to have to start over in a way that's different even than what usual coaches have to do. When think about what Georgia process. went through with, and they didn't have to change systems yeah, exactly. really. I mean, exactly. They went seven and six yeah. or eight and five or something like that. Oh, I thought we were talking about Ray Goff again. No, no, we're talking um, about Kirby's first year. So you know, the the other part about it is the the some of the changes that have happened at the loveliest village. Um, Gus Malzahn renegotiated his contract to stay coach there. Oh, what? I would have said, you have a choice. Yeah, yeah. You can write me a check, yeah. and I'll get a box. Or you can leave me alone. So now he's renegotiated his contract down for the buyout and also has gone about trying to construct every way that he has, been, he has failed as a coach. He has hired a, an offensive coordinator but still going to call the place. Yeah. Yeah. It almost feels like he's become agent Mouths on in a way, <laughs> right? And I don't, I don't believe that all because I really do. Well, think and so he was trying on. to get Hugh Freeze, right? He was trying to get Hugh Freeze, but Hugh Freeze was off. Very, it was very important. He go to Liberty and do his penance. Uh, oh God, I can't even talk. That's about a it. weird combination. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't. I almost started down that road, and yeah, I'll just get mad. Yeah, I'll just, I'll get actually mad. Um, I feel everything that Tony wants to say, but doesn't. Isn't yeah, right? yeah. He's exactly. Um, and it's probably a good place because I have to assume there's not many uh, massage parlors in Lynchburg. So um, if there is, there he'll find them. Yeah, it just, it just seems so. His oh, it's a private school. He can use his phone all he wants. <laughs> um, it seems a little hypocritical on Liberty's part, and I don't know much about it. Do you know um, who their AD is? Baylor's former AD. Oh, yeah. see, I didn't know yeah. that. I just knew they were, you know, a Christian college, and yeah. Yeah. they well, hired. I mean, they're they're Jerry Falwell Jr. Yes, I mean this. 
Well, I'll just say it. Yeah. As a Christian, it offends yeah, me. I mean, it offends just, me. Go. Let's just be there. Go. Um, so the... There are there are some interesting changes going on. Uh, of course, you know there's probably uh, probably an important one. Um, I don't know if you saw Missouri has gotten a uh, a transfer quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There is a rumor that Florida might be getting a transfer quarterback from Alabama, um, which could change a lot of things in the SEC East. Which I'm fine with. I'm, I'm completely. Let me let me. It was also going to change a bunch of stuff for Auburn too. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> um, I can. Um, I will tell you right now that I don't. It does not feel like hubris to me when you look at the landscape of SEC East. Even if Florida significantly improves because they are able either, able either through recruiting or through a transfer get a quarterback that makes Mullen look more like a genius than he is. Um, he's a, he's a fine football coach. I'm not saying that he's not. I'm just saying that his best seasons have come when he has had his Cam Cam Newton. And, and frankly, Missouri, I think, will be a better team, even though Drew Locke is probably going to be a first-round draft pick. Um, you know, that, that's a little bit of a game-changer for their, their offense. But the thing that I think of the things that I'm worried about for Georgia next year, the <laughs> secondary is not one of them. Nope. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. It's not even – the defense is not one yeah, of them. Right. I'm, I'm right. more worried about their November schedule. Well, the November – it just, just depends on what Texas A&M is like. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think I agree with Will. When you look at the schedule for next year, Georgia Tech's not going to be good at all. Jeff Collins might be a really good football coach. Oh, you I, just messed it up, dude. You got to get uh, better. Jeff <laughs> Collins is – I think he, I think eventually he's going to be, a, a, you know, a, Will, I should use the term platonic ideal. He's going to be a platonic ideal Georgia Tech coach, right? Like a Chan Gailey or a Paul uh, Hewitt in yep, basketball. That's right. That's right. Give me, give, me, give me eight wins or give me death. The way that Georgia Tech saw Mark Fox, actually. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> well, they were, they were doing all their own stuff with Pastner yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and Hewitt. And, but, um, the, but Fox was not a major threat. For he was not a threat. And I just – I'm not saying that he can't become a major threat, but I think he has institutional things, institutional wins there – that blow against him in a way that he does not. Yeah. He, money wise, he doesn't have more support than he had at Temple. Um, I think academically, not academically, um, administratively, institutionally, he had more support at Temple. And they have a terrible situation there. I mean, they're a landlocked school. They play in they play in Lincoln Financial, right? Uh, They They play play in an NFL stadium, um, which is Cosby. Like right. It's just a mess all over. Well, I mean, the NFL stadium is not like it's around the corner. I mean, it's, in the yeah. south, it's between there and the airport. I yeah. mean, it would be like Georgia Tech having to go to College Park to play. Um, it would be like Georgia playing their games in Gwinnett. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, or, yeah. or yeah, Monroe at least. Um, so, but did you see their interim coach's press conference? At the Man, he's excited ball? about being in Shreveport, which <laughs> I think is great. I mean, so I think Seth Emerson uh, retweeted it, uh, making a Matt – What's, the, what's Chris Farley's uh, yeah, Matt, Foley. Oh, yeah. Matt, Matt Foley, Foley reference? Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for... I like Matt Foley. Uh, he's always one of my favorite characters. Ever. Well, you know, I have a friend of the podcast, uh, uh, Kyle Ennis, is actually on the Independence Bowl committee. Uh, he is when Georgia played there. Did you have him on the podcast? Uh, you did. Very early one. You did. Yeah, very early one. He, was, he presented the trophy to Coach Rick when you, we were there. Dear listeners, y'all should go listen to that uh, Independence Bowl preview show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a big deal. Um, but, you know, Kyle comes and tailgates with us. Uh, you know, we, see him, we see him when he's in town. But um, he was... He was psyched about the matchup because Temple Duke is actually a pretty good matchup. Um, he was just bummed about the TV matchup, and uh, I mean not the TV matchup, the matchup because neither of those programs travel at all. Did you tell him that Zion Williamson isn't playing for Duke? Um, in that I game? think I think he knows. He keeps he'd up be, with basketball. He'd be, he'd be um, a good defensive end, man. He, he wouldn't really be terrible. Um, so 
you know, looking, um, you know, looking forward to the landscape of, of what's going on in college football, there's nothing about the coaching changes that really get my attention in any yeah. weird way. I mean, look, I'm, I'm happy for Mel Tucker. Good for him. Um, you know, I, and that, that speaks well of the program, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, like, yeah. When you like have Colorado's a big five program, yeah. like yeah. that's not, yeah. you know, that's, that's not frankly Bobo going to Colorado state. No, it's like not. that is, that You're is right. a big deal. You're right. You know, good for, good for Tucker. I think it's, he's still got some, Stuff to figure out to get Colorado relevant in in, oh, in the Pac twelve. It's a hard job. Um, they are, but it was a hard job in the Big Twelve too. Yeah. So you know, it's, I don't think they've won a national championship since Georgia has. I feel obliged oh, to dude. point that oh, out. God. And but, they uh, just oh, and they they <laughs> let, they let the Georgia United Tech and they let Georgia Tech share it. With what was it? Dude. There was a clip on Rocket Ishmael's kickoff return that. Called it back because Notre Dame was about to beat them. Yeah, that was uh, the Eric Bieniemy was on that. Yeah, Slip Bieniemy. Yeah. Um, so, putting the bow in the season. Uh, by the way, for the record, if you got this far and you're wondering, hey, why aren't they previewing the Sugar Bowl? We yeah, we're, one we're, more show. Yeah, we got another show. We got one, one more show before we do the Sugar Bowl. One last show, two eighteen, two thousand eighteen. And I'm going. Y'all are not going. Yeah. Um, I'm taking taking the kids to the Sugar Bowl. We'll we'll have a chance to talk about that. I, I do think we should talk about the general lack of fan interest in this game. I'm hearing more and more people that are going. Okay, I think. Look, I, I'll put it this way. I on one hand, I want to do a. Wow, Georgia fans can't even get excited by the Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day. On the other hand, I mean, they came within one spot of going to the college football playoff. They've already been in New Orleans once this, or in Louisiana once this year. I get it. Like, it's New Year's Day and it's not a champion. I get it. Like, I understand it. Like, I, I'm ready I, to go. I'm to- not going. I wish I could go, but I'm not going. It's hard. I. I'm ready. I, I'm, I'm not going to land best people for not. I'm ready to get in the West just so we can play LSU every other year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's. I mean, that's my approach <laughs> on New Orleans. I mean, I'll be honest about that. Um, so you know, we still have a game to play, and for a um, for what amounts to an exhibition game, there's a lot on the line for this game, right? Georgia has the opportunity to finish in the top three, three, right? Maybe two if you really put it on Texas. Um, you have an opportunity to if you really put it on Texas, and then Notre Dame slips by Clemson and gets stomped. Um, that's probably or, in the top two. Yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah, um, but or or. Georgia carry Georgia pounds Texas and then whoever plays and loses. The- what do you think the narrative would be? Say Georgia pounds Texas mm-hmm. and say Alabama and Clemson both pound Oklahoma and Notre Dame. You right. think people would be saying like, yeah, Georgia, third. Georgia no, should have third. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying I like, I think people will say, you Georgia. don't think that'll happen. I think, I think, listen, I think people already yeah. think that Georgia is one of the four best teams. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that's like something that you need the Bulls to prove. No. I just think that that you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it, and I think it was right that they didn't do it. So I, I, what I can't year will they go to eight team play an eight team playoff? It will be a couple years later because Georgia didn't make it this year. Uh. If Georgia would have made it, I think it would have happened within the next two or three. It would hasten it. Yeah, I think it would uh, that's probably right. It would have been, so been so mad, and oh, I mean, it's just very difficult to overstate how mad people would have been if George would have gotten the playoff. Yeah. Like people, it was just, we would still, Look, we were, we were, it was, it, Trump would have tweeted about it. Like that's how big of a deal it would have been. Uh, we, we were a two loss non-conference champion. Non-conference champion. Right. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Do I think that um, if you, if you interviewed college football fans and national college football media, who's better, Notre Dame or Georgia? I'd say 80% would say Georgia. Not walking. I don't. don't, Walking wouldn't say that. Yeah, maybe I'm not walking. But he's still mad at me because I showed up. I just. Is he really mad at you? No, I was. Yeah. Look, and and like I, I think Dan Walken. Objectively, he is a good writer. I just 
his Vanderbiltness shows through. And <laughs> I got respect. Is, Listen, those guys are on the road all the time. I, no, no, I, I, I get I give, that. I but he just hates Georgia because he's yeah. a Vanderbilt fan. And <laughs> it's really weird to me. I mean, yeah, I, I guess. I, I can't speak. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I get it. But, um, but I guess that, that, that's the thing is I, I, I was thinking more and more about this. And I, my, my, my inclination is to be like, come on, Georgia fans, get more excited about the Sugar Bowl. It's the Sugar Bowl. It's awesome. And I think people should be excited. I'm very excited about the game. I can see people why people aren't making the trip. Like I'm not making the trip, right? I mean, yeah. You don't make the trip because you were there four months ago, and yeah. um, you know and people and people did spend multiples of thousands of dollars last year mm-hmm. to go to Notre Dame right, right. and to go to Pasadena and to go to Atlanta. Now, and I understand that I get that, and you know it's interesting. Um, I don't know how Alabama fans do this every year um, because it does get expensive. Um, I'll say this. Uh, I, I'm sure I will be in the national championship game this year. If it is Alabama and Clemson for the third time in the last four, five There's going to be 40,000 people. Yeah, in Santa Clara, yeah. that place is going to be half – that place is going to be yeah. half empty. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, Alabama that. and Clemson do travel well, but it's, first off, it's a hard place to get to. It's a hard. It's really hard to get to. Like, it's hard. There are no hotels out there. Yeah. So, like, you basically like there are some, but not enough. Yeah. Uh, like I put it this way, media is staying in San Francisco. Yeah. Like, so what? What would be the most well attended combination for Santa Clara? For Santa Clara, I don't think there. I mean, Notre Dame and who? Notre Dame, Notre Dame uh, Oklahoma, because they've yeah. been. Yeah, it would have to be teams. It would be teams that like have not had a championship in a long time and they're desperate for one. Yeah, Georgia. I mean, Georgia would have been a great fit for that. Sure. Yeah, I think but, Georgia. I think Georgia fans would have traveled. Yeah, but, but and then gotten a second mortgage on their house after the past. I just two think years. if you're going to see Georgia play, win the national championship, like sure. Alabama or Clemson winning a national championship would be obviously the fans would enjoy it, but it would not be a once in a lifetime. You can't say if you weren't there, no one's going to right. Like I was at the last. Both, three. Of, both of them have won the past two years. Yeah, so I think you're looking at a very sparsely attended uh, game. Yeah. Like that. Which probably leads us to our next thing, Scott. Well, I was going to ask you what you thought of the Heisman because two, three weeks ago, I don't. I think Tua was definitely penciled in. Do you think? Okay, my question to y'all would be: Do you think Georgia prevented Tua from getting the Heisman? Um, so there are probably two things at play. First off, there. Or is do you think Tua's dad? <laughs> there, well, there's an element. Him. There's an element. <laughs> Woo, that was something. I know. Wasn't it? I know. Well, yeah. There, there are two things. I mean, like, literally, like an hour earlier on that station, I heard people yelling at Adrian Peterson, and all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm yeah. just saying, yeah, that was a showstopper. And then Tom Rinaldi being like, "See, that's the love and discipline that only a father can." Tom Rinaldi, yes, it's like, great. Yeah, um, I know you want me to find this inspirational, but I don't. Well, there, there are two things. First off, there are a lot of voters who didn't watch many games and sat down, look at the stats, and Kyler's stats are objectively better, right? For what it's worth, OJ still has a vote, and I know he missed some of the games this year, so. Uh, damn. Uh, but to so, be to be honest, Reggie Bush doesn't. Tua didn't play in most of the fourth quarters no, of the and, season. And that's the argument. Look, I, the way I feel about the Heisman is once McCafferty didn't win, I gave up on the Heisman. And I used to love the Heisman. But it's a farce. It's just a farce. And look, it's an interesting talking point. It's a it's another one of the awards. It's not the award it was once before. I think you can make a good argument for Kyler or Tua or for Haskins. Any of the three, you can make a very good argument. Um, don't at me if you do. It's at Jawabi Films. Uh, <laughs> Who but, would you guys have voted for? Probably Murray. Yeah, Murray. I think I voted for Tua. I think it would have been, I mean, like he was the dominant player. Yeah. But if it weren't for Murray, his defense was so bad they would not have gone. What one lot they would not have won the Big Twelve. There's yeah, no way. No, nobody does the 
Like, remember there used to be the BYU deficit, like, when yeah. he was a system quarterback. They, or Andre Ware got this a lot, too. Mm-hmm. He's a system quarterback. No one actually says that about Kyler. Mm-mm. But, like... He is five foot nine and 100-something yeah. pounds. I mean, and, and the quarterback for Oklahoma just won the high Yeah. And, that didn't, yeah. and to be fair, Baker Mayfield seems to be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, but, nevertheless, you know... I he think, needs to throw it to his tight end more. I'll put it this way. If you're asking me who I would want... Who I would want in... As my quarterback... Not knowing the system, not knowing, I would say it would be Tua. I'd say it'd be Tua. Well, like, Tua there were, brought something to Alabama that Alabama has never had. Right, and there and, was a point in time where he did not miss passes. Yeah, like, I mean, like he yeah. just literally did not make I, any. I mean, honestly, passes. if you're gonna ask me, I'd probably vote for Quentin Williams. But yeah. you know, I still think defensive players should be able to win it, and not not. Woodson. I mean, for the record, if you really ask me, I would vote for Rodrigo, though he might have caught, I might have lost him in the next last year. year. Next, next year, yeah. If he doesn't go pro. He's not a pro. So why don't y'all jump on basketball real quick, George? One, basketball. one other thing, we do have a, uh, a uh, fun football, fun office pools. We're gonna get to that. Bowl pick them. Also, yeah. we've not talked about. Do we want to talk about Justin Fields? We're gonna wait until. I don't really know much. What's talk about about what he mm-hmm. might, where he might transfer to. I don't know. Well, not where. Or if. <laughs> like, I don't know right? that he's going to. I don't know he's going to either. But I mean, he could. I think. I, look, I think we're probably going to burn up some some bandwidth over this later. Yeah. After I think you're right. Yeah, I'd like after. to table it. Plus, l- let me go ahead and set but you it's up. It's possible if he does transfer, it would happen immediately after the Sugar Bowl. Could yeah, be. I guess that's right. Could be. Uh, we'll call a. Uh, uh, an emergency podcast if that happens, like we did for Fatone Balta. By the way, back the, the, the big rumor is that uh, the quarterback can't transfers. Uh, Khalil Tate uh, is rumored to be going to Illinois. Yep, I, I saw that's that. His old offensive coordinator yeah. is uh, Rod Smith. Is Illinois game coordinator. changer? Drive to six. Is that Rod Smith, Denver Broncos mm-hmm. receiver? Uh, is it? I don't. Maybe. I don't think so. Maybe is Derek Mason wide no, receiver? Not. As far it, as we it's, know, it's, it's right? Absolutely not. Rod Smith former. I mean, it's a. It's not a very common name. Yeah, it is not. I will show you a picture of this Rod Smith, and you will know immediately that oh. it is not. Okay. He looks like me, doesn't he? <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, so, what I want to get to... This is that Rod Smith. That's, yeah, he, that didn't, he didn't play for the Broncos. He does look like me. No, he looks more like Mark Mangino. That is definitely not Rod Smith. <laughs> okay. Magic that, that answers that. Because I've been wondering oh, every time I heard that. It looks good there. That is not the Rod Smith. No, you, do not, you, you do not look like this. Um, <laughs> you look a hell of a so we'll, what we'll Thank get you, to Thank you. what we'll get to after we talk a little bit of basketball, we'll get to we have some podcast reviews. Yeah. And we had a recent influx of Twitter questions because I posted a question on our Twitter, which that's what Twitter's for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw some come in from some loyal listeners like Jim and Bernie Dog and Yeah, I and think others. I called for questions too accidentally on that one instead of uh, mine. <laughs> sorry. No, no, you Not said sorry. that we were going to be on Twitter, so ask us questions instead okay. of we were going a podcast that does sound like something I would tweet. Yeah. It's just it, it, it's amazing how one word. Cool? Yeah, yeah. Was it when you were looking in the it's safe last soon. night? Um, so, so y'all go ahead and get into basketball. I'll okay. try to add any kind of interesting comments, which I, it might not happen. But then we'll get into the silly stuff. Okay. So I, I was just about to say. So there has been, at least in the short term, a shift in power in the SEC. Um, Tennessee is now ranked in the top four, three in some polls. And just beat the number one team in the country. Just beat the number one team in the country. Which could have ruined my Illini fun because our team was very frustrating, but they almost beat Gonzaga. Yep. And if Gonzaga wins that game, they're probably undefeated going into the NCAA tournament. Yep. So kind of a bummer, but Tennessee is awesome. Tennessee is very Tennessee good. Tennessee is awesome. That looks like their football. That like they should, those guys should be playing on the football team. Yeah. Like that, that team is. is a, and, and, Rick Bar- and Rick Barnes has done it with traditional college players. These aren't yeah. one and done. Yes. Yeah. I mean, these aren't guys that are top 100 recruits. 
He's put together a an old school. Wait, Rick Barnes. Yeah, Rick coach. Barnes. Yeah. So he went from UT to UT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and for the record, Texas is not doing what Tennessee's doing right now. Yeah, shot. They're paying so, Shocker Smart a lot of money to not win. Um, Auburn. Isn't that good. weird that we play Texas in basketball a couple of weeks after we play Texas in football? That's true. Sure. Yeah. Um, we played Texas. Where was I? Basketball. Too. Where was I? Oh, so um, Auburn is good. Kentucky, however, it's struggling. Struggling. Um, they lost to a, a decent Seton Hall team, not a great Seton Hall team. Um, so, here's a question. Four, Scott, I'm seeing you down this. There are four SEC teams currently in the top 25 in basketball. Can you name them? Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida. No. Auburn. Yes. Um, Texas A&M. No. Uh, Kentucky, okay, I thought you kind of Not threw me. So there's a fourth there's in there fourth. somewhere. Is uh, let's see. Uh, let me. I'll, I'll just guess Mississippi State. Mississippi State, good really? Because I remember Ben Howland. He yeah, must ben have Hallen, a good team. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, one of the Illinois job. I didn't give it to what, what are they ranked? They like, are 18. Oh. They're, oh, they're 18. higher than I thought. Yeah, they're ahead of Kentucky. So uh, yeah. Right. So you know, talking about Georgia's team, I've seen them play a couple times. You've seen them play a couple times. We're both going to be there Saturday when they play Arizona State. I will not State. be there. I'm, I'm sorry. That's my, right. My, you my have a thing to go to. I'll be there Saturday place. night when they play Arizona State. The word I would the word I would use to describe this team is raw. Yeah. Um, they are young. There are several really good pieces. Let me tell you something. Chojo Tuppen is an incredible talent. He's a certainly incredible athlete. I mean, yeah, athlete who has a lot of potential for growth. Um, and this is, if your last time was watching us struggle win against um, Oakland, uh, no, for example, the, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, 59, 57 or whatever it would have been, this is a different basketball game. Um, it's I a mean, different basketball team. What we do is different. It, they're fun. They're fun to watch. They're maddening to watch, but they're fun. <laughs> I think uh, the way to think of this, particularly this year's Georgia team, is like, they're, like they lost – to Georgia State on a neutral score yeah. by 24 points. Like, there's going to be games like And it that. wasn't that close. Yeah, yeah, they were down by like 35 at one point. There are going to be games. Like, this is not even a particularly great Georgia State team. Like, but they beat Alabama, too. Yeah, but they're still not. Like, like this is not like the team that had R.J. Hunter. and, and um, So this is... However, like, this is a team that's going to have... They're going to have games where they just... Blow, like, they don't... Like they're they're a misfit team. The way that Cream wants to play, he doesn't have that roster yet. He just doesn't. And it's worth noting that guys like Mike Edwards, who got big minutes in the past, is now barely playing. Like the, he's got a certain type of guy, and and Turtle Jackson, who is starting but playing like eight minutes a game. Like there is certain dudes that are not fits, and it's going to be messy. The first year is going to be ugly, just like it was in Indiana. This is also a team that's going to upset somebody that they shouldn't. Oh yeah, and um, and, they're, they're gonna, and then they're going to have a game where they're home against Vanderbilt and they're going to lose by fifteen. Yeah, it is a young, weird, mismatched team that he's just figuring out what he's got this first year. But the way he plays and the emphasis on athleticism and on talent is going to upset somebody at some point. This is not a tournament team. I think you could. I think it's possible they finish last or next to last in the SEC. But this is the first year of a new regime. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be weird. It's going to be some strange things happen, but they're going to beat somebody. But this way, the way Mark Fox was coached this team, they were never, ever, ever, ever going to beat Kentucky. Even when they had games that all fell right, it's just, it was just not going to happen. This is a team that, can, that will beat Kentucky and then lose at home 
to Texas A&M, but you see what he's trying to build. So the the way it's a key game Saturday, by the way. Saturday is yeah, playing yeah, the ranked team, yeah, playing Arizona State. I think Arizona State's maybe shouldn't be ranked, but they're ranked, and they, they did just lose to uh, Nevada, Arizona State. They were two Nevada. undefeated teams playing each other. Yeah, led by um, the grandson. Of a former Illinois great, J.C. Caroline, J.C. Caroline, son of Simeon Rice. Yes, another um, guy who did not pick Illinois. Yeah. Um, um, Simeon Rice's son. That's really. Just, I like literally was in. I had class yes. with Simeon Rice. Yes, that's a little well, upsetting. I, his his aunt, J, uh, Jordan Caroline's aunt, worked yeah. for me at Illinois. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's worrisome. It took. It was like three three years right. before I realized her father was J.C. Caroline. <laughs> and like, it was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Your name's Jolene Caroline. She's like, yeah. Like, Never heard of J.C. Caroline. So like, this doddering older man comes yes. in the office one day and is like, who's that? It's my dad. I was like, your dad's J.C. Caroline? No so one like, You know your dad? I'm like, your dad's an NFL legend. Are you kidding me? No one in Illinois has heard of Sinkwich. Okay. Like, I got you. Like, like this is yeah, like, that but, guy, but J.C. Right? I mean, I guess it's the same. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it is it's that guy. He's like, yeah. he is a step below. Well, Sinkwich won Heisman in Caroline. Yeah. Didn't, so. Well, he played basketball. <laughs> <laughs> player he's the NFL so I had to think about it for a second hold on um, but having said all of that um, it is a benchmark game because this is the kind of game where you um, you get to measure yourself against a team that you're not going to play again who's playing really good who seems to be well coached um, and the, the way I describe this if, if you're a gambler right you uh, Mark Fox was a um, Mark Fox love of playing the perfect way at blackjack when you play the perfect way of blackjack, you're always going to lose a little bit over the long term because the house has an advantage, right? So Mark Fox's basketball, the way he played basketball, was really geared towards finishing a little above 500 and catching a line in a bottle, right? And that's, you know, that, his perfect game was a 60 to 55 blowout. Um, that was a perfect Mark Fox win. Um so this year, and frankly, if you kind of look, go and look back at what Tom Crean does, there's more variance because he likes to run. Um, he does have an emphasis on defense, which we're not great at right now. Um, but we also he, – he is perfectly fine when you make transition baskets, transition threes, slams, outlet passes, drive into the lane, kick it out. All those things are on the table with him. And, and I'm broken because I was at the – was it Texas Southern? Whatever game it was I was at. Um, and somebody hit three threes in a row within the first six seconds of the shot clock. And my natural instinct was he's about to be pulled out, yeah. right? Uh, because let me tell you something. There was, nothing, there was nothing fast to get you yeah. fired faster than shooting the ball with five seconds left. I it mean, doesn't Fox matter if you make it. Crump for like odds the entire oh the whole time, right? And Crump is Crump's a key piece of what Crean's trying to do right now. So and one brief tiny thing before we get in, uh, women's basketball team is off six and three start. Um, which is for a team that made the tournament last year. I think people were very hopeful for it was a slow start. But Q Morrison, who I would argue is not only the best player, but I would argue the most exciting basketball player on campus. She is so much fun. She had a knee injury before the season. She came back against Furman. Yeah. They're going to be a bit different team with her. So I always encourage uh, women's basketball is um, a tournament team. And if you want to watch a tournament team, I don't not, not men's tournament basketball is not a tournament team yet. Women's team you think is. maybe an IT? Yeah, they, we got to pick they, up some wins. Yeah, uh, it's going to be hard. It, 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 we'll see what they do non-conference, but they, they just rack up some wins non-conference. But the SEC is really good this year. I think Georgia's possibly the last or next last team, the worst team in the SEC. Because, but that's not. So we were pick thirteenth. Yeah. So, yeah. So okay. And the NIT is not just a matter of getting 
if you go 16 and 15, you're in anymore. Right. Like it's a lot harder than the IT than it used to be. Maybe there's CBI or CIT, which always yeah, sounds and, gross. And the, and the main reason I don't is, like the CIT. Well, the reason just, is, is that feels like, they a, have like you shouldn't have that acronym. The NIT has guaranteed slots to lower, right. uh, if you lower conference uh, regular season champions that if they don't win their tournament. Right. So it's you know, the bubble, these bubble buster teams um, yeah. basically take NIT slots away from power conference teams. And frankly, I think they should. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, posed a what? Oh, yeah. So we're going to answer all your questions on Twitter. On Twitter, not here. That's we're going to do it live. Oh, we're doing it now instead of on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do it live. So first one that rolled in is from at Brohamp. Bro That's Hamp. a cool uh, handle. He says, at WSLS Podcast, what are your thoughts on how the secondary will evolve heading into 2019? Uh, well, I mean, I, despite losing DeAndre Baker, I think we have um, – Look, Webb and Campbell showed us a lot in the Alabama game, and McGee did too, right? Uh, there was – I mean, McGee clapped back at somebody based on how he held rugs down. Um, or Waddle, whichever, whoever it was, right, he was, right, he was right. up against. All of them. All of them. I mean, look, if you – I mean, he got fired after LSU. And the game he had against Alabama against four – Straight up NFL receivers was really impressive, and I think Stokes also yeah, showed Stokes, out Stokes, a lot. Uh, yeah, Stokes was really good. I just I feel good about how we're going to be defensively. You think LeCount will solidify his, himself uh, as the safety back there? I would think so. Yeah, yeah, because I know he he tends to get a little bit. Well, I mean, the, the knock on Richie is and always has been he likes to freelance, uh, and that is not how Kirby rolls. Um, I think they've coached a lot of that out of him. All right, uh, our friend Jim Wood. At Jim Wood PMP. What does the PMP stand for? Um, I don't know. I could come up with something. I'm sure he'll respond. You have to pause it for a minute. Jim, let us know. Uh, What players with eligibility remaining will not be back on this team next year? Is there anyone that may not be back that people aren't thinking of? So Will's already mentioned Seth Emerson. He has a good article in The Athletic. You should subscribe if you don't. Um, Georgia anticipates signing 22 to 25 We've only got 18 people graduating. Somebody's leaving. Somebody's leaving, right? Um, this is, for the record, if I made a macro sense say that this is really, I find this unethical that college football programs do this. Yep. I don't think there's anything specifically unethical about Georgia doing it because everybody does it, but it's really shady to go and take, go to 17 year old kids into their house and say, we're going to give you a scholarship. Come play for us. And then in two years, be like, actually, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. Uh, please, please leave. Well, I, I find it ethically shady. I mean, I, I, the hope not, is... This, I'm not blaming Georgia for this. It's a college football thing. Well, the hope is, a lot of in-line coaches will tell you, guys just decide to do it, right? And I'm not saying there are coaches that go to them and say, yeah. you should probably explore your options. Yeah. Um, there, There's one guy that I keep coming back to that I think absolutely will, and that's McBride. Um I, I, and I, I've heard nothing. I mean, this is not. This is, this not is Tony. Fodder. Tony's thoughts. This is my thoughts. Um, here's a guy that came in, a four star, highly recruited, and has barely seen the field except for on special teams. I mean, that's one guy that comes to mind. That's probably probably gone. Um, the the only other. I mean, look, um, Robinson, the receiver from yeah. California, has already said he'll be back. Yeah. Um, which is something. Right, 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 right. I mean, he, he straight up owned it, too. He's yeah. like, look, I had, I had a lot to learn. I had to yeah. re- basically relearn how to play wide receiver. But it's it's great for me in the long run if you read between the lines, meaning he wants to play in the NFL, and what they were teaching him in California is not how you do it. It's a great recruiting tool. Yeah, that'd right? be fun to see him emerge. Next yeah, year. it'd be great. It'd yeah. be great. 
Um, uh, Justin Fields is that his name? Fields? Yeah, I, I still. I, I mean, look, I, we can have the we can have a quick discussion about Fields. Um, if, I'll put it this way: if I were him, I'd be gone. You think so? I, I don't know if he will, but if I were him and I watched the way that Jake Fromm is, if Jake Fromm were a guy that was an obvious leave after your junior year to go pro, then I might. Say he's it. a four year guy. But Do you I think so? so? I some, think he is. Some some people think he's a four year guy. Some people think he is a guy that can leave early. I don't think it's obvious enough that I'm willing to make that. If Drew Locke didn't leave early, why would Jake Fromm? Because I think Drew Locke was pegged a little bit higher, like first round after his junior. Yeah, that's but for just what it's a, worth, the thing that's great about Fromm is exactly what NFL coaches love. He's so good at checking down and finding his right mm-hmm. guys. Like he's so good at make, not making stupid mistakes. Like I'll put it this way: as as a, uh, I would love for my my team to have a Jake Fromm is it like that's what they love. They love guys like Jake Fromm. He doesn't have the massive arm, but he's got enough of an arm. To where he's got a Baker Mayfield arm, I would say. Fromm has got a Baker Mayfield arm, which is not the super crazy Jake uh, Josh Allen arm, but he makes good decisions. I think he will be an NFL quarterback. The question is whether he's an NFL quarterback after his junior year. Well, and well, part of it is you have to look at who might be in the class with him, right? Um, it, it really depends on what Stidham's already said he's going, right? right, right. Um, it depends on what Will Greer decides to do. It depends on who emerges, whether Kyler Murray comes back. Frankly, I think he's going to go play baseball like he said he was going yeah, to. I think he will, too. Um, and you probably have better sense than that than me. <laughs> um, but there are a couple of other quarterbacks out there we hadn't even talked about in a long time. For example, Washington has yeah, a they got guy coming in next year. Who has one year of eligibility left and will be yeah. a pro prospect after next year. And, that's- and frankly, Washington is so frustrated with the current quarterback. They see him as the savior the way that Georgia saw him yeah. as the savior at some point. So, I mean... Yeah. Jacob Eason. He'd have two years to play. Three yeah, years. I, I don't think he... I don't know. He, he, comes, he, played, he comes in and starts next year. No, he I, he's going to sit out here. I think he loses a year. Who? Eason. Oh, yeah, Eason. He, yeah, he, he sat out this year. Yeah, but... So that was his sophomore year, so he'll have he'd junior, our, senior. He'd already redshirted, though. Huh? Hadn't he already redshirted? No. No, Eason did not Okay. No, so he'll have two well, he years. a year to play. Yeah, I guess he has, he has two years to play. Okay, well. I can, I mean, well, you can just delete all this then. <laughs> um, no but, way. I was yeah, right. In real, the reality is, is it does depend on – like, here, this is a good question. Jacob Eason could possibly still be ahead of Jake Fromm on an NFL draft board because he's got more traditional – Well, yeah, he's 6'5". He's 6'5". And, he and so if I'm just in fields and I'm looking at that and I'm thinking – Man, Jake Fromm, who's playing, by the way, for his home state team that he's excited to play for, I, 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 I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, if I catch, I'll be lucky to get this job my senior year. I was the number one quarterback coming out of here, and this year has been a bust. It's been a bust. And there, there were a couple of things he said during media availability after the SEC championship game that, that allows me to push back against that. The first off. He recognizes that he is 100% playing for the next level and that he, the, the way he played quarterback in high school and what he is trying to learn at Georgia are two opposite ways of doing things. And I don't think there's an argument against that part of it. The part of it, and, and part of that, I agree with that. That part of it, because to me, is if you think about the fake punt, um, his first instinct was to pull the ball down and run instead of wait and see what happens. Uh, and, and there's no chance you ever put Jake Fromm out there in, in that situation. But Jake Fromm doesn't try to run the first second that Swift is covered. He waits to see what develops. Now, I, and the only reason I say it that way is that if you were to sit back and if you are Justin Fields, which is better for you? 
sitting out a year and having to learn another offense or staying at Georgia, hoping Fromm has that master, that masterful year and decides to go. Um, and if he doesn't, he doesn't. And then you get when you're at Georgia, you're still learning to play football like a, 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 an NFL quarterback. I don't know which way you go. And frankly, I, it is a hard decision because you, come, you want to play football, right? You're a football player and you want to play football. I just don't think it's a foregone conclusion because of the way Georgia used um, Fields this year that he's just going to transfer because he didn't become the starter. Because I still think that there's any at any given point in the future he could overtake Fromm if he learns learns to play one the way Kirby wants him to play and two learns the playbook. Yeah, I'm less convinced of that now. And remember, I've been a skeptic on Fromm for a long time. I'm no longer a skeptic about Jake Fromm. Like I feel like this dude. Is, well, you did coin uh, Fromm boner. I did yeah. Fromm boner. Did you and, did you trademark that for a T-shirt? <laughs> that's a, I, that was that was an embarrassing weird, day walking into the patent office. That's a weird, uh, <laughs> that's a weird merch opportunity. Um, but I would say I, I'll put I will close on this. I think that A, he can do that a lot of places. And B, frankly, look back at the season. No, I just kind of wish they would have redshirted him now. Like, I mean, I know I mean, they're, he they're, probably wouldn't have come here if he, there was a possibility of well, being I think, I think you red him, redshirt him. He 100% leaves. Yeah, that's why you can't do it. But man, it would have been nice, though. We didn't actually really need him this year. Like, that was the thing, right? Because Alabama had just happened. It was like, oh, maybe you need that little spark at some point. Maybe you need that little weapon. Turns out, no. This Justin Fields obviously an awesome quarterback. He made some incredible throws, great stuff. Georgia did not need him this year. And that might be the answer. We might get to the end of spring and say, we're going to redshirt you next year. And then he leaves. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Okay. All right, moving on. Uh, This will never come up again. (laughs) At Kellywood Cobra. (laughs) I guess it's a sheet. No, it could be a guy. Um, But Kelly. Uh, asks, what are your predictions on the following juniors and whether they declare for the draft? All right. So speed, maybe just a quick round, answer. Speed yeah. speed uh, Isaac Nada? No. J.R. Reed? Wait a minute. Nada? Possibly. And J.R. Reed? No. No. Holyfield? No. No. That's interesting. I've heard some people say maybe. I mean, he's got I mean, the body. I mean, look, he's got the body for it, but... There are two things working against that. First off, he only has really one season. I mean, yeah, he played some last year, but he only has one season. Uh, the second is, is like the way he's been utilized is that, I mean, it's not like he was, uh, who was the Alabama running back that ran the ball 500 times last year or four years. Derek, Derek Henry. Henry. Right. I mean, he's still got plenty. He's, he's still got time to make money. Doesn't need money. <laughs> All right. Uh, Riley Ridley. 50-50. No. Uh, Hardman. 50-50. No. I kind of agree with you on no on that. All right, moving on. I don't think any of these guys are obvious. Right. No, no, they're obvious. If someone's not obvious, they usually don't. Right. The the reason I'm 50-50 on Ridley is that his brother is in his ear. Right. (laughs) Right. You can get there and do it now. You're ready. Um, Hardman has is the opposite thing. It's like he came to college to go to the pros and – what are you hoping to prove next year versus what do you lose? Right. This comes from at Jason Wright. It looks like Georgia's talent advantage over the rest of the East is going to grow yet again this signing day. If you had to guess, how many years will it be before someone other than Georgia is the favorite to win the SEC East? That's a better question than saying yeah, when, than, than when, when. Someone, the Georgia's not going to win it. That's a better question. So, I mean, that's the thing is Alabama not win every game, but they're favorite in every game. Right. So that's why that's such a good question. Good job, Jason Wright. 
Um, I, I can see a world in three years, two years. I'm sorry, not next year. Year after, where people start trying to talk themselves into Florida because you know to be a contrarian, right? It, with the well, Georgia's got to be down sometime. To me, or two years, three years. Yeah, to me, it's years. a year when Georgia doesn't have a quarterback. Right, it's a year where or there's a quarterback transition. Yeah, there's, a, yeah. there's a quarterback transition. Whenever that happens. That's when, and maybe someone else has, or Cheney leaves, yeah. or something. Yeah, I think it's a quarterback transition because I think that's the thing that if you've got a stud quarterback at Florida, yeah, and Georgia is in that quarterback transition, I can see people talking them into Florida. But otherwise, which feels like two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah but otherwise, I think Georgia, it should. I think it should probably should be Georgia in perpetuity. I'm Doesn't okay mean they're going to win it every year, I, but I, I think they should be favored. I am fine with that. I, <laughs> I like that word in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, this question comes from Mark. Reagan, M. Reagan, 83. What should Kirby have learned from the 2018 regular season? What should he have learned from the SEC championship? That's a long one, but uh, can you make it brief? Um, I think from the SEC championship. We kind of already talked about this. I, I, I think just like, remember, this was not the, f- this was not the first time after a string of successful fake punts and fake field goals that it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, it yeah. didn't work. No more trick year. plays. And, uh, and that, of course, that that will make them double down, right? Like, no, now they really want yeah. Think about the blackjack table. Yeah, and, that's uh, how you act. Yeah, exactly. But, but good money after bad. Uh, but for a regular season, I think that like, I think it was good. I mean, he rallied the troops after a terrible loss. It's also and it's also what you learn that you, when you do have a young team, and it's like if you look at them after LSU and before LSU, they're just two dramatically different teams. Yeah. and. I think that's the thing is to recognize it's frankly an argument for scheduling light early, which is not something he's doing, by the way. But I think it's an argument for that. I have to say I would totally be a college basketball coach if I were Georgia scheduling-wise. I would do maybe – like you've already got – like what, there's going to be nine SEC games. Eight. Eight, sorry. Eight. Is it not nine? Are they not moving to nine? Not yet. Not anytime soon. Okay. So they get Eight. So you've got three non-conference. And you got tech and tech. So you got two. I would make. Honestly, I don't see what's wrong with making them. You have three. You have three non-conference games. Counting Georgia Tech. No, counting Georgia Tech is four. But since Tech's always on the season, you got three you can schedule. Eight and tech. Right. So it's three games. So you have three games to schedule. I, I don't like. Maybe you want someone to test you, but I don't think like like an Illinois would be a good one. I don't like. I know Kirby's philosophy is to like. Clearly, they've, they've got Clemson, they've got Notre Dame, they've got Texas, they've got UCLA, they've got all these big things. That makes me think he thinks it's going to eight because I don't understand the utility of that if you either win the SEC and you get in or if you don't win the SEC, you're probably not getting in. Like, I, I don't understand the utility of playing those non-conference games. To, against the absolute top tier teams, I don't think they make a difference of whether you make the playoff or not. You can, maybe you think it makes you a better team, maybe you think it doesn't. But and I do agree with trying to make sure you get the Atlanta game every three years. But otherwise, I don't understand what the point of playing all those big games is if you're trying to get in the playoff. Now, if it's eight teams, that's different because that's a big win that you might have that is a tiebreaker against another team. But in four, I don't understand what the point of those are. I think the thing he gets from the season is learning that things aren't going to go your way and just be who you are. Um, I think that was the lesson of the LSU game, right? We, were, we before the LSU game, we were 
we tried to be something different offensively than we were. Uh, after the LSU game, we went back to what we were last year, which frankly worked. Um, from the SEC championship, what I hope he learns is that you got to prepare for everything, man, especially against really good coaches. If, you know, I'm not saying that, I mean, I tweeted in jest that Saban's going to put Hurts in and they're going to, you know, beat Georgia. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, I, didn't, I didn't expect to be off of an injury, but how can you not plan for the possibility of Hurts? At least talk about it and say, this is what we're going to do if Hurts comes in. Because I mean, you had that, the game plan was in your pocket. You had that game plan in your pocket. It's what you did last year in the first half, right? You prevent him from rolling right. You seal off rushing lanes, and you make him make decisions faster than he wants to. Of course, it's a little easier when you have Roquan Smith. Oh, of course it's easier when you have Roquan Smith. But it's not easier to, to, it's not easier to blitz the uh, left side right. defensive end and um, make him go left or up the middle. Because you can't let him roll right. So... Okay. That's what I would say. I like the answers. All right. This comes from Vox Hockey Vox Hockey oh, yes. oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he asks. Baseball season. Little league baseball season. Coming back soon. My yeah, man. He asks, are, uh, are Freeze and Van Gorder the funniest it's going to get, or is there an even better hire somewhere in the off season? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean. Uh, I, even have to, I don't know if it's going to get better than that. Um I mean, Van Gorder went to coach on Loeffler. He's got Carl. Scott Loeffler has Carl Pelini and Brian Van Gorder. What? <laughs> I mean, I guess Hugh Freeze could go ahead and hire one of the Browses, but that's just. So Van Gorder's at Louisville? Bowling Green. Oh, Bowling Green. Bowling Green yeah. Oh. yeah, by the way, he played Notre Dame this year. <laughs> Paul, Johnson, Paul Johnson might come out of uh, retirement just to score more points on him. All right, this comes from Kim C. Feldman. What should I do on the long walk across the UMBC campus from my terrible parking space to my office now that I don't have waiting since last Saturday or Chapel Bell Curve to listen to four times a week? Any good podcast recommendations? Anything that celebrates the um, Retrievers win over Virginia 116 game. <laughs> that was pretty great. That was pretty great. Uh, I'm assuming if it's UM, uh, uh, you should be a Cardinals fan. So you should listen no, to No, UMBC. Right? Baltimore County. Oh, Mar- Maryland, oh, Baltimore oh, County. Yeah, so unless you're, if you are a Cardinals fan, you can listen to Will's podcast, yes, Seeing Red. Or, or, or if you're a movie fan, you can listen to my podcast. Yeah, yeah Will has a podcast called Grierson and Leach that he does with his buddy Tim Grierson, and they review. He's actually an actual film critic. Yeah. yeah like, well, you know, you Los are Angeles, too. Like, he's yeah, the, I'm the, pretending. The he's person. the vice president of Los Angeles yeah. Film Critics. But the cool thing about the Grierson and Leach podcast, if you leave a podcast review and request a movie, for them to review, they'll review it on a future podcast episode. Uh, let me say, that's, uh, why, that let we, me, we that's why we had to do Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's um, actually, the actually kind of it's a decent movie. Jonathan Somers' best. Movie. I've, I've said this before. Um, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to is How I Built This with Guy Raz. Yeah. Raz. Um, I also like anything done by Gimlet Creative. I think that they're great. Uh, I have mentioned that before. And then I listened to one. Because I did that thing with Yeah, that's right. Oh, Secret to Victory. That's a great one. And there's actual footage or audio footage of Will and Terrence Moore together talking about the Falcons Super Bowl loss, if you can can stomach that. It's still been too soon for some of us. They actually taped it separately and made it look like they were together. Um, The the one thing I would say um, is that Kimberly, remember, it's Balmer. You live in Towson. You yes, probably know yes, that, but it's Balmer. Yes. Yeah. That was such a great win when they got that. that yeah. Win. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you were UM. I thought it was UMKC for a second. I thought you said it's UMBC, right? Yeah. It's UMBC. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, this comes from Bernie Dog. Favorite Waffle House orders at 8 a.m. compared to 1 a.m.? 
Double order of hash browns at 1 a.m. Am I right? Yeah. I can't argue with that. I, I feel like I have to... I, You've never been to Waffle House. I don't like Waffle House. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't know. I don't like Waffle House. I'm sorry. I don't like Waffle House. I, it's, I know. I know. I just, <laughs> Tony's... I, I just threw Tony a chair kicked over. a chair. I don't like Waffle House. I, I love... Like, there's nothing I can get the Waffle House that's not better at the diner downtown. Okay. You're wrong! I love the diner downtown. I don't know why more people don't go to the diner. Like, the grill? The grill. I love the grill. It's fine. It's fine. The but The grill's fine. You're wrong. And it's, it's made without the cooked cigarette ash in the middle of my hash That's browns. why you're wrong. <laughs> First off, you can't get the hash browns the same. I'd recommend the patty melt with maybe some Burt's chili. Yeah, no. You get, you get a double order of hash browns topped. Oh, Smother- yeah. Or, yeah. Or are they smothered? Or smothered's covered, fine. Or, yeah, Covered's fine. Yeah. Diced. Capped. I, 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 listen, my children love the Waffle House. And because they're good people. Waffle House. And it's just not, it's not, it's not my kind of, it's not my you know, I'm, I'm sorry. In 2018, I swore I was going to try not to be so judgmental about people. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, we I'm sorry. Them. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Everybody's screaming at their phones. Right well, now. he followed it up. He followed it up. He says, oh, man, now I'm hungry. Pe- pecan waffle appetizer and pull a side of bacon. Yep. Yes. With you. I'm never going to argue with bacon, just to be clear. All right. Uh, I think every time I go to the Waffle House, I, get, I basically just order a bunch of bacon. Also, I don't like eggs, so that's another thing. You know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't like eggs either. However, I like egg whites. Eggs have taken over breakfast. The omelet and eggs. Tony's having a hard time over, over here. Breakfast. I have an egg every morning. Yeah. No, literally, I fry an egg every morning. I mean, people that really know me well, when they dine with me, they know I eat like a six-year-old. So Yeah, I yeah. also I like I my, my lunchtime meal, I would say half the week, is going to add drug and getting uh, grilled cheese and bacon on wheat. Like yeah. uh, getting that and bad. just dipping ketchup, that's, oh. that's, my, that's Ooh. my meal. Whoa, you lost me there, buddy. I like ketchup. <laughs> that's Midwestern as hell. We love, <laughs> wow. We love ketchup in Midwest. I, I, can, I, can I can only eat like ketchup a on fries. six-year-old. That's about to eat another six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well played. All right, let's get to some podcast reviews. We've had three since our uh, our last bout with them. All right, just someone by the way before the MLS Cup uh, that gave us a little shout. That said he loved yeah. the yeah. Ran to them at uh, at uh, what's the uh, Park Bar. Oh, cool. Yeah. He gave the whole shout. I love Park Bar. They're great. Oh, yeah. Great right. bourbon selection. That place is insane. Great bourbon selection. I have, I have generic white guy face, yeah. so I can never get served at a bar, yeah. at a crowded bar. Sorry, man. They just scan right by past you. And I'm, too, I'm, not, I'm not a jackass, so I don't go to the bam, bam. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. No, you put, Wait, your, you like, put your friend. Like, hey. Hello. Hi. I'm just trying oh, to be polite. N- next time. Yeah. Take yeah. your time. And then I just, I'm <laughs> right. there for 45 You minutes. put a picture of your friend, Andrew Jackson, up. No, see, that's that's it's crude and too capitalistic for me. Use a grant, whatever. Yeah. All right, so here so are our podcast reviews. Uh, first one is I actually put two emojis on it of the crying smiley face. Five star review. Uh, Use your words. I'll tell you what I told. Him. Well, he also says from slash fields boners. <laughs> okay. um, this is from emo Davis. I think this is for you. Yeah. It says yeah, I look, emo Davis definitely. I look forward to each and every one. I listen on my way to and from work. Haven't had the radio playing in months. Thank you. Good man. Good man. Go on. Thanks, know. emo. The next one is from Captain Halifax. Don't you love that I love name? That. that is an excellent name. Five star review helps me hunker down from afar. I'm sure the guys are full on tired of me tweeting at them about how much I appreciate the discussion surrounding God's country in Athens, Georgia, and the dogs from out here in California, and how I was likely their bartender when they came up with the idea for the show. Awesome. But all of this is true and likely won't stop. Sorry, fellas. 
The show serves as a bastion for me to take a reprieve from the local folks around here who don't appreciate college football the way I'm used to. It's great hearing from three knowledgeable hosts about local goings-on, national goings-on in the college football world, and how my beloved Bulldogs fit into all of this. You can tell the hosts are not fair-weathered fans as they talk about everything in a level-headed way, including criticisms including criticisms of themselves. See, I had a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and acknowledge our short... <clears throat> See, I, I just don't like self-criticism. No, I just can't read. And acknowledge our shortcomings, but offer pragmatic ways in which to overcome these line item multiple times a week. An amazing feat for men with families. I appreciate that. I appreciate the stats, the narratives offered, and feel like I have some semblance of my old college buddies with me. Next time I'm back in the classic city, if I see any of them, I'll be sure to buy them a maker's mark on the rocks or vodka soda with lime, I believe. Even though Bullet is my go-to. Thanks for my current Cali dog, Hunker Down. Awesome. Right, Thanks, down. man. I'm down. I'm Captain down. Halifax. That's a great name. That is a great name. All right. Last one is from Rennie 10. Five-star review. Love it. Keep up the great work. You guys do a great job, and I feel like I'm there with you in Scott's basement. See, Chad? He is. is. He's the gimp. He's the gimp. Unzip your mouthpiece. Talk to us. (laughs) He says, I love the longer episodes, which I'm glad because this one's long. (laughs) Well, it's called Ball Gags. Uh, The analysis. (laughs) I didn't do that. That wasn't me. (laughs) The analysis and the humor. You guys are bringing happiness and joy to many UGA fans. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah, we're up at 148 reviews, so we need two more to get to 150, and we'll read those two. That's no, you didn't use a calculator for that, did you? No. Okay. No. So, are we doing fun office pools now? So, yeah, we uh, we do have fun office pools out there. Um, only fifty something uh, folks are have we doing all the games. We're doing all the games. We're doing a way to pool. It's, it's daunting. Uh, there's no way on fun office pools to split it up. I, I wish I oh, could. Oh, it's not have selected it. yet. It's not selected. Mm-hmm. What? There's nothing, nothing, no games have been selected for the week. That's not true. Uh-oh. What? No, you had, no, like there's a new invite. invite. You have to go and uh, I started a oh, new one. this is a new pool. I started a new pool. Yeah, there's a new pool specifically for, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, if you are, were in a pool before, check your email. There is an invite link. I have posted it to the WLS, WSLS podcast uh, Twitter and to my personal Twitter. Um, also, you got an email on it. Uh, so go and join. There's only 50-something folks on it when I checked earlier today or yesterday, whenever it was. Uh, but, yeah, all the bowl games are there. Uh, the deadline for getting in is each game. So, okay. uh, you know, if you miss uh, the Arizona Bowl, you will not be scored for that one, obviously, unless you get lucky. Uh, but you will, um, yeah, up to including the semifinals and national championship game. And it's a lot of fun. I uh, I love um, uh, obviously I love running pools. So, so and, and bowl games are always so hard because a lot of your predictions are based on motivation. Right. Yep. Which always yep, makes yep. it difficult. I would like to. Uh, so by the way, so our next show we're going to tape our next show. So we're not doing these. Yeah. Well, I know. I just want to give you. Yeah. Idea let's do. We're going to do a quick guess. I know, but I'm just saying. Like, I'm giving an idea of where, like, how the twenty. Because our next show is the day after oh the, yeah, the semifinals, yeah. So we actually have to go through for a while here because our next show is actually not until we're taping on the thirtieth. Thirtieth, yeah. I can't pull it up, so yeah, that's fine. 
Tell me, make it, but you want me to, you want me to, can I announce the game? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. I'm excited. I get to get my, uh, uh, all right, here we go. Four games, five games this Saturday, by the way. The 15th. Let me guess, New Mexico Bowl. Yes, Gildan. Mm, Oh, I'm very excited to do this. I get to get my announcer voice on. I've been sick for like a month, by the way. So, how am I going to remember my picks? Announcer voice. Just pick different teams. I do. Saturday. Saturday. December 15th, 1.30 p.m. CBS Sports Network, Tulane and the Auto Nation Cure Bowl. Oh, yeah. Tulane, 6-6, six and six, Louisiana, Raging Cajun version, 7-6. and six. Give me the green wave. Green wave. Yeah, they got great helmets. Have you seen those? I'm a little bummed. It looks like uh, something out of Super Mario. Yeah, and I realize we're supposed to do this fast, but... Tulane has a game on Friday night after the Sugar Bowl, oh, and we're leaving Friday. The basketball, the basketball game. game. That's yeah. a bummer. That's yeah. a bummer. Um, 2 p.m. ESPN. New Mexico Bowl, Utah State, 10-2, and two, North Texas. Oh, North Texas, definitely. Gary Anderson's going back. Give me the Aggies. Give me the Aggies. 3.30 p.m. ABC, the Mitsubishi. Mo- I'm not. Reading the sponsor, the Motor Bowl, the Las Vegas Bowl, Arizona State, seven and five. I hear you play to win the game. Uh, number twenty-one, Fresno State, eleven and two. So this is this is a bowl of re- recycles, four right? Four point favorite. Um, Jeff Tedford's at Fresno State. Uh, Herm Edwards is at Arizona State. I think the Bulldogs whip up. Yeah, I'm going to pull for Arizona State. I mean, how could you not want Herm Edwards to be in college football for a long time? Because Fresno State's the Bulldogs. 5.30 p.m. ESPN. The I'm going to say the sponsor because I didn't even know this was still a media organization. Raycom Media. <laughs> uh, Camellia, Camellia Bowl. Eastern Michigan 7-5 and five against Georgia Southern G-A-T-A. Didn't they invent that? Nine, Eastern Michigan. Nine and three. Eastern I, Michigan all yeah, day. I, I think I think the Eagles win it. Nine PM ESPN. The New Orleans Bowl. Appalachian State ten and two against Middle Tennessee eight and five. Appalachian State is a seven point favorite. App State. I think App State is going to lose that game because of the whole coaching staff yeah, leaving. Oh everything. wow! Yeah. Tuesday. December 18th, 7 p.m. ESPN in the Boca Raton Bowl. <laughs> the Lane Kiffin Mark Rick Bowl. Please tell me Northern there. Illinois, 8 and 5. Good old DeKalb against Alabama Birmingham. Two years after dis- getting rid of the program, they are 10 and 3, and they are two and a half point favorites. Give me the Blazers. I'm, I'm, I don't care. <laughs> play the don't I mean, every, game. Two, two of the, I would never watch that game. You can't. You gotta be kidding me. This is the joy of bowl games. Yeah. Well, it I know the joy of bowl games. I don't have to watch it. It is everything. It college football is better than anything on TV. Other than maybe the good place. Ozark. And the Will Ozark Leach is show. on my well, Netflix. Well, the good place. The, the good Will Leach show. Did yeah, but I've Will seen them all. It's on Amazon. Better than the good place. But I can watch the good place anytime. I can't yeah. watch the I'm, Boca Raton I'm, Bowl anytime. Okay, so Scott abstains. Uh, Wednesday, December nineteenth, eight p.m. ESPN. That's not high. The end Frisco case. Bowl. San Diego State seven and five. Ohio eight and four. Ohio is a three point favorite. San Diego State. Pasty. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Aztecs just because I don't know. Marshall Falk played for him or something like that. Friday, December twenty first, twelve thirty. See a twelve thirty game on a Friday. God. 
Yeah. On ESPN, the bah- in the Bahamas, oh the God. Bahamas Bowl, Florida International, eight and four, and a team I'm sure travels incredible here. Toledo, seven and five. Toledo is a six point favorite. Dude, I wish this in the Vegas Bowl, I wish the like the last eligible SEC team went to because I'd go the hell out of this game. I have to say, it is weird. The Bahamas Bowl should be like a lower team, the worst SEC team. The worst I mean, it's like team. Norman Manley Stadium or something. That's the, that's the airport in Kingston, Jamaica. Um, whatever the stadium is. Give me Toledo. I didn't know there were Panthers in Florida, and that's what confuses me. I, mean, I don't think of – when I think of you Florida – You Florida Panthers? I don't know if there were Rockets in Toledo. True. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna abstain on that as well. 4 p.m. ESPN. Hey, this is good blue turf. The Idaho famous Idaho Potato Ball, Western Michigan. Not any potato. Yes, the famous, famous in Idaho. In uh, against BYU, six and six BYU, a twelve point favorite. I'm taking Western Michigan. That's too many points. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Western Michigan. Okay, Saturday, December 22nd, the last day of bowl games before uh, our Christ Jesus' birth is celebrated. Noon, ESPN, the Jared Birmingham Bowl. That's the jeweler, I assume, not the Subway spokesman. He he went to Jared. (laughs) Um, Memphis, 8-5, against Wake Forest, 6-6. Memphis is a five-point favorite. I think Memphis might beat them by like 100 points. I have all the points. Yeah, I, I love Memphis's uh, Cincinnati Bengal blue helmets. Three thirty p.m. ESPN Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. I like this ball. Yeah. I'm very fond of this ball. Houston eight and four against uh, the United States Army, and I mean literally the entire army is invading the field yeah. and playing Houston ten and two. I love the Army's ten and two. Uh, I'm taking Army's a th- only a three point favorite. Man, the Army Navy game was something. Um, yeah, I'll still take Army. I'll go with the big red one. Try to note that the entire park bar booed the minute that Trump came on the field, by the way, uh, during the Army-Navy game. I had nothing. I did not boo. I was too busy getting ignored by the bartender. You're busy, you're busy. Um, I still 7 p.m. ESPN Dollar General Bowl. Ugh. This feels like a Dollar Where's General matchup. Uh, that's a good question. The Dollar General Bowl. Lexington, is- Georgia. Dollar General Bowl. <laughs> Dollar General- oh, no. Dollar General Bowl is, speaking of Trump, is playing at Lad People's Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. How does that have to do with Trump? Because that's I covered the Trump rally at that, oh, okay. at that specific stadium. Um, Dollar General Bowl, uh, that was his big... Never mind. I'm not going to go it. Buffalo, 10-3. Troy, 9-3. Buffalo was a 2.5 point. Boy, Buffalo blew it uh, in their last game. They had such a big lead. Uh, I think they have a hangover, and I think the Troy Trojans, who are pretty good for somewhere in Alabama, I think they win the game. Trojan man. I'm going with Trois. Um, and 10.30 p.m., ESPN... The Hawaii Bowl. Hey, it's Hawaii. What? Eight and five against Louisiana Tech. Seven and five. Hawaii is a one and a half point favorite. Give me La Tech. I read a fascinating article on how poorly built that Hawaiian stadium is and how they just don't have the desire or the money to fix it. And they used all the wrong materials and it's corroding with the sea air. Um, it was fascinating. Are you sure this is not about Legion Field? <laughs> that could be the case too. I'm going to go with the fighting rainbows. I hope they wear their cute little white helmet with the rainbow going off of it. They used to. Okay. Just a few more. I swear. Uh, day <laughs> after Christmas. 1.30 p.m. Not That's, Georgia Tech. Not like, Georgia Tech. This is the perfect time. By so the we're way. not doing all the bowl games. We're going to wait. Up until 29. Gotcha. Up until That's a great idea. Uh, 1.30 ESPN, the first responder bowl. 
I feel like the first responder should not have a sponsor. It does, but first responders should be a zip from the way that like you know, stand alone. The way that like a very special episode of Family Ties would have yeah. no commercials. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Boy, Boise number twenty five, Boise State ten and three against Boston College seven and five. Boise State is. I'm trying to think of my favorite Family Ties episode. It's the one where he loses his best friend. Yeah, that, that he gets the crash. Skippy. No, no, the, no, it wasn't his best friend. It was like a guy from school who was in like a car crash oh. and he goes to his funeral and he, and he yeah, it's a whole sad thing. There's the one they made without commercial interruption. Gotcha. Anyway. It's not the one where he loses his virginity? No, that was, that was, uh, that I'm was, sorry, that was, uh, that was, uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, who's playing? Yeah. <laughs> Boise <God>. State. <laughs> Boise State. Boise State. I'm taking Boise State. Yeah. Hey, finally we're getting into some big college programs. Kind of. 515 ESPN, the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, Minnesota. Minnesota. Row, row, row the, the boat. boat. Row the boat. Boat row. got sunk, by the way, at Memorial Stadium this year. Row the boat. Six and six against in the goodbye. To row the boat. Johnson. I think I really hope Minnesota wins. Row the boat. I don't know if they. Georgia Tech is a four point favorite. I think Georgia Tech might. Georgia Tech's winning. They might beat them like they did no Virginia question. Tech There's this just year. No question. Row the boat. Can I remind you that Illinois beat Minnesota by 24 points? Yeah, I Tech's going to win that game. I to point that out. <clears throat> Row the boat. 9 p.m. ESPN, December 26th. The Cheez-It Bowl? Love it. They have the, the best commercials. Where is, where is the Cheez-It Bowl? The Cheez-It Bowl is Probably in, in Arizona. San Francisco. That's at Chase Field in Arizona. Oh, wow. Uh, Cal, LaFornia, 7-5 and five against TCU, 6-6. Six and six. The line is even. This game. Give me the fighting Gary Patterson's. My mom went to TCU. I grew up a TCU fan, so I'm going to go with the Horn Frogs. Horny Frogs. Thursday, December 27th, 1.30 p.m. ESPN. The Independence Bowl. Duke. 7-5 against the aforementioned Temple Owls. 8-4. Temple is a four-point favorite. I hate picking Duke, but I got to. I think Temple wins on a three-pointer at the buzzer. Remember, Geoff Collins is not the coach there anymore. <laughs> 5.15 p.m. ESPN. The Pinstripe Ball. Welcome to Yankee Stadium. Wisconsin. Badgers 7-5 against Miami. Who's coaching that team these days? 7-5 Miami Hurricanes. Miami is a four-point favorite. Bucky Badger. Oh, i got to support Coach Richt. I hope he wins. Miami's winning this game. Uh, it's just, it's just going to annoy them by hanging out a little bit longer. We're almost there, guys. 9 p.m. ESPN. Academy Sports and Outdoors. Texas Bowl. Where Illinois once destroyed RG three. Speaking of RG three, Baylor six and six against Vanderbilt six and six. Vanderbilt is a three and a half point. Vandy. I'm going to go with Derek Mason. His uh, what black Tri- triumph return to Houston? No, he wears that black vest that looks like he's like paramilitary or something. Yeah, yeah. Friday, December twenty eighth. 1.30 p.m. ESPN, the Music City Bowl. I actually kind of like this game. Purdue, 6-6 six and six against Auburn, 7-5. and five. Auburn is a four-point favorite. Purdue. I'm going to take Purdue as well. I'm taking Auburn in this game. I don't think Purdue is that great. The Camping World Bowl, 5.15 p.m. ESPN, number 20, Syracuse Cues, 9-3 against number 16, West Virginia, 8-3. West Virginia is, yeah. West Virginia is a one-and-a-half point favorite. West Virginia. Cues, Alamo Bowl, 9 p.m. ESPN, number 24, Iowa State, 8 and 4. Against number 13, Washington State, 10 and 2. Washington State is a three and a half point favorite. Wazoo. These are boring matchups. I'm going to go with uh, Mike Leach. It's about to get fun, about to get serious. December 29th. Dun, dun, dun. 
Three games before we get to the actual big ones. Noon on ESPN. The Peach Bowl. Anybody going to the Peach Bowl? Anybody going? Nope. Anybody going nope. to the Peach Bowl? Anybody going to the Peach Bowl? <clears throat> number seven, Florida, nine and three against number excuse me, number ten, Florida, nine and three, gets number seven, Michigan. Ten and two. Michigan is a seven and a half point favorite. That spread's not enough. Give me Michigan. They've played a couple times in bowl games. This game should have been Central Florida versus the Gators in the Peach Bowl, and they should have put Michigan out there with LSU. But uh, I'm going to go with, um, gosh, I, this is what this is a meteor game here. Um, I I think I'll just say Florida wins, but not, I'm not an SEC homer guy like pulling for SEC teams. But I think Florida win. I'm, as someone that remembers a time that were television, where, where basic networks were bigger than cable, it's odd for me to see this game, the Peach Bowl on ESPN, and then the Belt Bowl on ABC at noon, which is South Carolina seven and five against Virginia seven and five. South Carolina is a four and a half point favorite. The idea that Florida and Michigan are on ESPN and South Carolina and Virginia are on ABC. Everybody gets ESPN. Yeah, no, but, but more people get ABC. This is all about scheduling, but give me a. Uh... Give me South Carolina. Who are they playing again? Virginia. UVA. Did you see Virginia blow it against Virginia Tech? Yes. Yeah, I don't think they can recover, so I'm going to give it to the Gamecocks. I'm sure people will be very thrilled to watch this game as it crosses over into the first playoff game. But 115 CBS Sports Network, the Arizona Bowl, Arkansas State 8-4, Nevada 7-5. You can just skip it. I'm not even going to pick that. Nevada. Okay, here we go. Playoff games, 4 p.m. ESPN. Clemson. Cotton Bowl. Clemson, number two, Clemson, 13 and 0. Number three, Notre Dame, 12 and 0. Current line is Clemson by 11 and a half. Times three. I mean, Clemson's going to blow their doors off. Oh, I said Clemson like before you started announcing that. <laughs> I agree. However, I do not. And not only that, I don't understand why that line is smaller than the line for the next game, which is the Orange Bowl, 8 p.m. ESPN. Number four, Oklahoma twelve and one. Against number one, Alabama thirteen and zero. Alabama is a fourteen point favorite. I do not understand why Alabama is a bigger favorite over Oklahoma than Clemson is over Notre Dame. I'm picking Alabama to win that game, but I'm telling you right now, listeners, Clemson is going to beat Notre Dame by more points than Alabama is going to beat Oklahoma. I mean, here we are, two weeks out. We don't know if Tua is going to start the game. Tua doesn't start. Oklahoma wins that game. Ooh, I like it. Um, I, 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 I am willing to pick Oklahoma to win the game. It, here's kind of where I fall with this. Oklahoma's going to score lots of points. I mean, oh, yeah. George scored 28, should have scored 31, and could have scored 35. That, I mean, that's not, it wasn't magic what Georgia did. Uh, and that's not to say Alabama's a bad football team. It's just saying Oklahoma is a very good football team. Um, I... You know, until we know that, it, it, I'm I'm willing to pick Oklahoma until we know if two is going to start. I, I can go with that. I think that uh, that game could easily be 21 to 17 at the end of the first quarter, um, and then just kind of figure out what's going to happen after that. Um, I, do, I I do think Oklahoma is going to win if it's not Tua, but if Tua is playing and just playing, yeah, no, healthy, no, 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 they, they covered the spread. I think then, yeah, no doubt about it. Feels like that guy should have won the Heisman Trophy. Just saying. I am taking Alabama. All right. All right. So we'll be back. Scott is, is Scott Scott is actually asleep in his chair right now. Yeah, you've wasted um, an hour and ten <laughs> minutes with us. We are uh, our next show will be the week the Sunday before uh, George's actual game. So it will be after 
the playoff games, we'll be able to discuss those. We'll know the rightness of my picks. Yes. Well, yeah, so you can pretty much guarantee that our next podcast episode will be up sometime on New Year's Eve. Yeah. The 31st. I'm gonna, by the way, I'm going to need you to believe some of the cuss words because my kids will be listening to this. I'm sure we'll listen to it on the drive down to New Orleans. Um, what makes you think I'm going to listen to this and edit? I'm probably just going to. You write the top down. It's been a long show. My kids, have, my kids have heard their mom cuss, so it's it. fine. It's been a long show. All they right. know they know their mom cusses. <laughs> all right, so I think we've covered all of the bases and we solved all of the world's issues yes. today. So hey, uh, I don't know. Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure to get your college bowl picks in. And don't worry, we'll get our Sugar Bowl predictions in on the next episode, which you'll be able to hear on New Year's Eve. And as you heard, we're only two iTunes reviews away from 150. So maybe sometime over the next couple of weeks, if you could, just let us know what you think of our show on iTunes and rate and review it. And we'll read it on a future episode. That would be awesome. Keep up with us on social media. Twitter and Instagram seem to be our most popular platforms that we enjoy sharing things on. So all you have to do is just search at WSLS Podcast on either one of those, and you'll find us. As far as T-shirts, the official Waiting Since Last Saturday T-shirt, we still have about seven larges and maybe one or two extra larges left. So you can go to our website and order one of those if you're looking for that last-minute Christmas gift to give to a fellow podcast fan. I mean, they do exist. (laughs) And that'll do it for this episode. We'll see you on campus sometime soon. And as always, go dogs. That's a long one. Click. That's what she said. Yeah. The, to watch or he could have said To that. watch your face slowly melt as we're like, the Arizona ball? <laughs> uh, yeah. I like hanging out with y'all. I just didn't realize how many bowls. You know, but here's the thing. I would never disparage. I think there could be four more bowl games. I just choose not to watch them. I I choose to watch them when when I am when I am around and they yeah yeah it's just a, so you're I'm saying cool. it's background yeah. noise yeah. Yeah. yeah no I'm cool with that. Okay.